Welcome to the 920 Lounge, a podcast all about chatting with interesting people and providing intriguing conversation. I'm your host, Dane Van Vondren. And I'm your co-host, Ethan Campbell. Join us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Welcome back to the 920 Lounge. I'm your host, Dane. We're here with Bryson Hiska. Once again. Only Bryson Hiska. Today we're, we're missing our missing my little buddy, my little co-host, Soup Ethan Campbell today. He's out sick. So it's just me and Bryson. How you been, dude? How's how's life been, man? Not too bad. Finally got myself on a schedule again since I started working. It's been I got to tell you though, like closing nights like the night shift is fun and all, but like it can mess with your sleep schedule. Yeah, so you work at Hagenmeister Park now. So yep. yeah. for anybody that doesn't know, it's it's a pretty popular restaurant on the on the boardwalk downtown of Green Bay. And it's popping off a lot. Yeah, ever since uh, the COVID restrictions finally, you know, were lifted, like, because when places like that shut down and the bars shut down, that's the first thing that everybody, especially in Wisconsin, because we're like the drunkest state in America. Hell yeah. Uh, that one, you know, it's it, it really hit everybody hard. So now it's actually, like, it, it makes, you know, work a little bit more difficult for everybody else. But at the same time, it's still a lot of fun. And people are finally getting able to come out, being able to come out of their shells and they can finally socialize again with you know without masks or anything like that so it's good to finally see people starting to socialize again that's for sure oh yeah that is so refreshing i remember uh about a month ago i walked into woodman's the grocery store here and i forgot a mask so i was like i'm just gonna go in and if anybody kicks me out then i'll have to go back and get a mask but I walked in and it was like everybody was maskless and it just it felt so good. It felt yeah. so good to like get back to that regular life, you know, where half of the people's faces aren't covered. Ridiculous. Going to TC it, with my classes was really weird because I would meet so many different people, but I wouldn't know what the bottom half of their faces looked like. Like yeah. sometimes you would see them in Zoom calls because we get like half half zoom call classes and then half in-person classes so in the in-person classes everybody's masked up you don't know who is who and then in the zoom call you almost barely even recognize these people because they got their video on and you can see their full face and i'm like is that is that you is that the same person i saw in class yeah actually well when covid first hit because that was all a covid thing did your parents keep you quarantined too because like i could not do anything when covid first hit about a year ago yeah uh, you were you were locked down more than i was okay um and also and i didn't super mind it i was also at the beginning especially i was also kind of in that all right let's let's quarantine let's do what they they're telling us to do it's only going to be a few weeks obviously after probably about two maybe three weeks i was like all right this is ridiculous now I need everybody, to go out and socialize. Everybody just eventually had enough of the virus and we just, and I think we're better off just trying to move forward as best as we can. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, if you, quarantining, it's like for a virus like, you know, like COVID and when it's that contagious at the beginning, I'd say, yeah, you know, it was a good idea to quarantine, but you can't, you can't keep social animals isolated for so long because people are just going to go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You, humans are extremely social animals. So you're going to try and lock people away and isolate them. That's not going to work. There's definitely going to be 
huge problems and there there are huge problems coming out from this i mean i'm looking at schools right now and the experience that these these poor kids especially like elementary school kids uh are going through right now and when you are like let's say like you're like you're usually like what 10 years old when you're in fourth grade uh yeah i was 11 and fifth so yeah well and you and i are yeah. a little bit older for our grade so yeah, yeah fourth yeah. grade 10 years old you take about a year away from these kids from a 10 year old that is one tenth of his entire life yeah it's crazy to think about yeah for for like an adult like our parents and stuff that's only like 140th or 150th of their life that's a very small smidget of their life oh yeah it's not as impactful and you're also already fully grown so you can kind of take it more but these kids man that's their whole life and that's what i feel bad for like okay like i could say oh covid sucks for me because i graduated and whatever dude i'm 20 years old like i can deal with this like but these for the elderly folk who are way more at risk and the and the little ones i mean you know we got to do this for the kids man do it for the kids yeah and it, it sucks to see how they have to grow up at, at this time and the schooling system is definitely not in their favor right now no no definitely not i i mean i there's so much growth that happens at those young ages especially in in elementary school there's so much learning that you have to do with your hands in person so much caring that you have to take to these to these kids and they're not getting it so there there are definitely going to be a lot of issues there a lot, i guarantee you a lot of kids are going to grow up now with a ton of social anxiety and they're not going to be able to socialize with other people. It, it won't be everybody, but there are definitely going to be poor kids out there that are going to be affected in a huge negative way, especially kids that like already probably didn't like coming out of the shell, already didn't really talk to a lot of people. Now, now they definitely aren't talking to a lot of people. And that's kind of scary. Yeah, well, and I think that's the most important uh, group to worry about are is the younger generation because that's that's our responsibility as as you know becoming older members of society it's you know it's our chance to finally you know step up and you know kind of raise these kids and mentor them into the right direction and when you have a global pandemic at such a huge scale that just shocked everybody it it's so difficult for everybody. And I always, I, I, I like to play devil's advocate with the all the school districts and everything because, you know, I'm 20. I don't know what it's like to work around all that. I don't know what it's like to be a teacher and have to plan all that stuff out. It's definitely for, tough. For a bunch of different classes on students you don't even see because, you know, I know a lot of people make fun of teachers just because, you know, I mean, oh, nobody really likes to go to school and then they're going to go teach. But I mean, those teachers care a lot about their students. That's It's like a second family. They see all of you every day. They just want to help you out. And ever since the past year, it's just it didn't do anybody any favors. Good teachers will be like that. Yeah. Good teachers. There are a lot of really bad teachers. Yeah, I would agree. I never really had any, like, really, really bad teachers. I mean, I had teachers I disagreed with, but for, for more, most of the part, you know, I, I didn't really have any issues I've had some bad teachers, nothing like super crazy bad, but like I could tell that they're, you're I, not I have in the, my least favorites. Yeah. I could tell yeah. some of these teachers, like you're, you're not in this field for the kids. You're not in this field to, to teach the next generation, to do your best, to influence these kids. You're in here for certain benefits or you're in here so you can coach baseball after school. 
their priorities are not straight. You can tell when they just like half-ass their class, and it's really disrespectful for the to the poor kids that clearly need help. Yeah, in their classes. Yeah, and there's actually, um, I think that the whole purpose of you getting into education should be, I think, whatever career you choose, there should be a moral lesson behind each career path that's chosen. I think that if you're a teacher, you should be focus your main goal in the big picture really focus on the big picture about mentoring the youth and making them into better more responsible and more intelligent people uh, and i think that you know a lot of teachers in a lot of different districts don't do their job as good as they should or can and that showed in the past year especially in our district about how little care there actually was and i mean even look at the parade that we had for the class of 2020, two moms put that together. District didn't have anything to do with that. Two moms. It was Janet's mom and then Call's mom. Those yeah, two. Literally, they just they were really just going to let us just slide out. In the yeah, day. and then actually we just recently, I got word, and I'm sure everybody else did that. They're like, oh, they want to throw a ceremony for you guys. And I'm like, sorry, it's too late. Too late. It's been almost two years, dude. Yeah, and, and I told myself, I'm like, I refuse to be that guy. I graduated high school and had my fun. I'm not going back there to show no. off or whatever. Hey, guys, look at me. A little a year too late, but no, I'm not going to live in high school after I graduate. Screw that. I'm mm -hmm. not going back for a ceremony. I got my diploma. I got into college. I have my accomplishments done that I'm proud of. I know where I am now. I don't need to walk in a cap and gown across a stage that at a place that's irrelevant to me to, to feel good about it. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, personally, I was actually kind of relieved when I found out that we wouldn't be able to walk. I don't like that stuff. I don't like graduation stuff yeah, that that's. Yeah. So I think it was Calvin that told me that I was telling him how I felt like there was not a lot of closure to our high school and Calvin actually dropped some good knowledge on me and he was saying like graduation isn't your entire closure i think you get more closure and more more out of the actual graduation parties when you go to uh let's say your friend has a graduation party where yeah. their family all comes and they have the whole the whole celebration i think that's much more impactful than actually having a graduation ceremony where you sit there for hours in the hot sun waiting for people to walk up and get their diploma. It's it's really boring. Not to mention, I also hate the, and this might be another thing that you and I have in common, I don't know, but uh, just on days like graduation days or, or your birthday, everybody wants to talk to you, everybody wants to get a picture, everybody wants to do all this. I hate that. There's a reason why I honestly stopped telling people when my birthday was. Just because I, I don't like everybody being like, oh my God, happy. It's like, dude, I'm 20 years old now. I just waited. I'm, I'm one year closer to dying. <laughs> I don't, it's just, and that's just something that I got. That's the trait I got from my dad. We both just like, like the spotlight is nice if it's well-deserved and that's for anybody. I don't care who you are. That's for anybody. If you, if you have a well-deserved reason to get some attention, then good on you. But just like on birthdays or graduation days or anything like that, I'm just, I want to get everything together and then get out. I I agree with you to an extent, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like if it's my family, I'll take time to talk with them. Absolutely. It's just it's not my favorite thing in the world in the world to, you know, like do those graduation ceremonies, then 
stick around and have celebrations for a long, long time. It's just, you know, I, I graduated, but this is only the beginning. Yeah. It's only the beginning. Yeah, I think it's really strange how we have this entire ceremony for high school graduation when everybody goes through it. We didn't go through something extremely It's your intense. first big accomplishment as as being endowed into adult life, I think more so. Just because, like, after that, well, what's the biggest transition? Everybody would argue probably after you graduate high school, you can go to the military, you can work, you can go to school, you can get your GED, you can do whatever. It doesn't, you know, and I think that's uh, you finished all of your required education. You can now do what you want. Let's I, celebrate a little bit. It's. I think it's the transition from being dependent on your support system to now becoming independent. Exactly, And yeah. being able to support yourself. I think that's the... That's the biggest transition between high school and then the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, high school is just not like, it's not a hard thing to do. There are definitely no. hard times in high school. I mean, you go through finals, you go through yeah, sports. Yeah, but I've, I've gotten sick and tired of quite a few times, though, of people like complaining about how hard. It's like, dude, it's high school. It's, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's, it, it's not. If you make the most of it, you have to have a healthy attitude. Um, one thing actually, I don't know if you know who Kevin Conop is, but he he actually spewed some wisdom on me in eighth grade, and he said, you know, I was like, man, you know, school kind of sucks, but you like get really good grades and work super hard all the time. How do you do it? He said, well, you already have to go to school no matter what. You might as well make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's some you got You have to you advice. have to be willing. West, there's something that Westy actually said a lot that I do agree with. He said, if it's something you don't want to change, it's not going to happen. You know, so like, for example, you can't force somebody to want to learn. You have to be engaged yourself in the classroom. Uh, again, another thing that I was taught at that lacrosse camp, the tough guys begin by being tough guys in the classroom. It's not about being the biggest man out there. It's about what are you willing to do mentally? How much are you willing to endure? I've heard that same thing from actually Mr. Berna, my AP Gov teacher. I know. Great guy. Yeah, yeah, super smart guy. Super great guy. Uh, arguably one of the better teachers that I've ever had. Uh, he, he dropped some knowledge on me when I was in AP Gov because that's a, that's a pretty difficult class. It's not it's not a very hard AP class compared to like all the other AP classes, but yeah. it's still an AP class, so there's a lot to it. And he was telling us how he was kind of trying to get us to be more independent in our studying. And he was he was saying, like, I'm not going to tell you guys to study this page or study this for the test. I'm going to give you guys the materials and you do what you need to do, because there's only so much helping that everybody else can do. If you really, really want to learn and you want to be successful in this class, you will do it. But if you really don't want to be, then you won't do it. It doesn't matter how much help I'm going to give you. Yeah, and that's that's why I liked Mrs. Baines, too. She was my psychology teacher and wrote me a letter of recommendation. But in her class at the beginning, I took psych, then IB, or then AP psych, then IB psych. This was psych my sophomore year. She said, uh, if you want to screw off all class, so be it. If you want to sit on Netflix, so be it. But come time to the end of the year, you will end up failing. And those are the best teachers because they treat you like adults, but they're also holding you accountable for it. And that's the other thing I also could never stand is people always going for the teacher that, that like, that's what was wrong with it and nothing I mm. did. Like, for example, I had to print something off at the library. So I went and asked her if I could. And she was like, no, we're in the middle of a lecture. Sit down. 
I could be like, wow, you know, that was, that was really rude. But I thought about it for a while and I went into her class later on and I said, Hey, I'm, I apologize for, for asking to leave during your lecture because you have to realize whether you agree or disagree with education, these teachers, their job is to educate you. And when the floor is theirs, the floor is theirs. And that's why I've always said we should bring back being able to smack kids with rulers because not enough, like as a young kid, I was probably maybe more of a little bit of a jackass to teachers because you don't understand as much, but teacher, a lot of the the good teachers and the ones that I'm talking about, they do a lot for their students. And I think that they need to be, you know, appreciated more, not just looked at as, you know, like douchebags that just tell us what to do. I kind of have a milquetoast opinion on teachers. If the teacher's good, then they have my respect. They have my utmost respect. And when they open their mouths and they're lecturing, I'm quiet and I'm learning. But there are also a lot of very bad teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Like a surprising amount. (laughs) And it's, it's a lot of teachers that just like, they stop caring. They stop, they, they're given up and, and I, I, I just don't think that you should have that mentality if you're a teacher. If you're if you're influencing the next generation of kids, you should always be on it and stuff. But the teachers that are that do do that, it, it's very impressive. It takes a special breed, I think, to be a teacher. Definitely, especially at a high school. Definitely. Yeah, those, uh, like, I've had some some teachers that have heavily influenced me in a very very positive way but then i've also had teachers who have really pissed me off and and not that i agree with you in that like sometimes you're just a jackass of a kid and you don't like a teacher but well, you, you're, you gotta you're too hold blind accountable too yeah you're you're too blind to see that you're just being an idiot and the teacher there's nothing wrong with the teacher but there definitely are teachers out there that like i'll look at even as a high school i was like are you kidding me are you kidding me you're an actual teacher here this is what you do i had a teacher uh he teaches baseball i think at our school thus the baseball analogy that i threw out a few minutes ago but Mm. uh he very clearly did not care about class he would have an assignment on the board and he'd tell us hey do this assignment for the day and that'd be it that that's it and the assignment he does he doesn't make up the assignments or anything it's all it's all pre-made in in a course and he just he just takes the pre-made course and then gives it to us and then sits at his desk and watches sports that's all he did and it 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 annoyed me because I was I was like, you're supposed to be the instructor here. You're supposed to help people out. You're supposed to be you should be walking around the room, making sure that everybody is OK. You know, talking to kids. If a kid has like a bad day, talk to them, see how they're doing. You know, make that positive impact on their day, you know, influence them in, in a positive way, because that's so powerful. The teacher, uh, there's a lot of teachers out there that I feel like just they don't. They don't know the power that they have. Right. That, I actually had that same class. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I had that same class. Yeah. And they, they're they so unaware of the the fact that they could change a, a, a kid's, potentially a kid's entire life by just talking to them and stuff. Especially if you're an extracurricular, if you're a teacher for extracurricular activities, that is insane. Like the, the, the amount of influence that you have on those children when you teach like their their clubs stuff that they stuff that students themselves decided to take the initiative and join 
and uh, become a, a some become part of something bigger than themselves, that that is uh, something that can change people's lives. I mean, I think every single person that's been through any sport or been through any club has been changed drastically through that sport or club or any extracurricular activity like that. You you've definitely had a few. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I've had my fair share of goods and bads. I'd say with regards to how emotionally I felt towards them, I definitely had a more intense one with my coaches just because while, yeah, I wasn't school, sports was my extracurricular. Um, I had ones that I loved and ones that I absolutely hated with a burning passion. And if I were to see them now and they were to give me guff, I'd probably want to sock them one. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they're your superior and you got to do what they say. That's true. That that also is something that bad teachers can teach you is the ability to deal with difficult people and just shut your mouth and get through it. Because there's, there's a lot of kids that would talk back to the bad teachers. And part of me is like, yeah, you know, talk but, back but to that bad teacher. Side, yeah. yeah, but at, at the same time, it's like in the long run, it teaches you to deal with difficult people, which is an inevitable in life. You're, you're always going to have to deal with a difficult coworker or a difficult boss or a difficult subordinate in your life or even difficult family members. You're, you need to learn how to deal with those people and deal with it correctly and not in a negative way. Like you can yell, you can kick, you can scream, you can fight with them all you want. But if, especially if they're like a coworker or something, you have to stay formal. You have, you cannot get uh, stooped down to their level. You know, you have to take the high road and be mature about this. Always stay humble and kind. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it helps a lot in life. You, you mentioned something actually, when we started this conversation, talking about your schedule, actually yes. how uh, your schedule is now back on track. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. Schedule has gotten better, still nowhere near to what it needs to be, but, uh, slowly, but surely we're getting there. Uh, so as of now, yeah, at my new job, we have closers, which is me. I close pretty much every night. I'm a slasher, a bar back position guy. And I start at five every night. And since I close, I stay until everybody's gone. And sometimes I'm there until midnight, maybe even one o'clock if it gets like really, really hectic, but very rarely. I don't think I've had to yet, but it would get to the point where, you know, you'd be getting home at 1am and then you fall asleep and then you wake up at noon. And then now you only have five hours to work with. Uh, before you have to go into work again. So for me, it's just, I think I should shoot more for like six to eight hours of good sleep every night. So as soon as I get home, if I get home at one, just I need to wake up at nine and not set an alarm and then be like, no, nah, I don't feel like getting up yet. And then I fall back asleep and wake up again and feel like garbage. That's what I've been doing. And it's very, very unhealthy. And I've been relying a lot, like too much on melatonin, which is another thing that you don't want to do. And advi yeah. advice that you have given me, which is actually very good advice is, even with working out and with sleeping, you want to make sure you have the ability to do it without the use of any of like extra substances. Like you should be able to fall asleep on your own without needing to take two tablets of melatonin. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is something that I, I don't, I haven't tried, but like, I don't think I could do right now. I don't know if I could. That's bad, but, dude. but not fall asleep, but it would just take longer. Like yeah. I would still sleep. It would just take longer. The sleep wouldn't be as good. Uh, I just wouldn't get into as deep of a sleep. And then my schedule the following day, you just wake up feeling like garbage and 
with my eating schedule too. It's just everything has gotten out of whack with waking up later. So it's something that I've struggled with recently. And when you have a bad schedule and a bad sleep schedule, it fucks with everything. Your, your mental state, your motivation, your mood, it affects everything. It is terrible to have a bad sleeping and diet schedule. Eat a good balanced diet and get at least, I'd say, depending on your age, get six to eight hours of sleep a night if you're over the age of 18. Uh, everybody in my, we did a survey in my psychology class and every one of us was sleep deprived because teenagers in high school are supposed to get nine and a quarter hours every night. I can't think of one person that gets that much every night. Yeah. Teenagers do not sleep a lot, especially when I was at the rink sometimes with practice at nine o'clock, nine to ten thirty, and I have to be up at 6am. So what, where are those hours going? You know? So now I think it's not really a matter of not getting enough sleep. It's that I have too much time throughout the day before work that and I get home late and then I stay up watch TV then I go to bed then I sleep for too long and then I don't get any food in me and I don't and then I miss my workouts and it's just a bad time so before you focus on anything else you need to get your eating and your sleeping down which is so hypocritical of me to say because I'm not the best at it but you call it hypocritical I try I call it trying to steer people in the right direction and not make the same stupid mistakes that I have <laughs> Yeah, take it from Bryson, everybody. His his schedule's all messed up. Oh, don't do not, it. It's not fun. No, it's not no. fun. Um, so for my job, my job, I go around and I I produce content for small businesses, specifically videos, fo- photos, graphic design, and whatever. But with this job, it's more of a gig job. So I don't have a set amount of hours where I get a schedule. For the week and then I have to go in nine to five you know I don't have that I'm basically on call like right now my phone's actually blowing up because I'm in a group chat with a client right now and we're we're talking through uh, setting up a meeting getting proposal down it's all very it's hard to plan out the week because it's all it all depends on the client and it's all different it all depends on what time is best for them and doesn't depend on what time is best for me it's all about the client so I don't ever have that that time where I'm like thinking a week in advance like all right next week I have to work three days out of the week uh I have to work 12 to 5 one day 8 to 5 the next day and whatnot no it's really just I message clients, we set up meetings for this certain day, then we're in the meeting, we talk about shoot days, then during the shoot days, I'll probably have to get up at like 3am in the morning every single day for like a, a consecutive like three or four days for shooting. And then after that, it's just editing so I can get up at noon and then I'll be, I'll be working and editing until like 2am in the morning. And then I'll end up delivering it. And then so basically what I'm trying to get at is I'll have like half my week. I'm waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm working all day. And then the other half of the week, I'm waking up at like one o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'm staying up until three o'clock in the morning. So it, it, the schedule for this is insane. It, it messes up. It messes me up so much. It's so bad. I try my absolute best to to kind of keep a consistent schedule. But my sleep is is it can get very messed up. I'm going to get very busy here in the next few weeks and it's going to be, it's going to be hell. It's going to be really yeah, bad. All of us have a couple busy weeks ahead of us actually, because we got a lot of planning to do, but, and that's another thing that takes away from sleep schedules too, is even not even just work. It's even 
even recreational stuff, going out with friends or, or whatever it is, family time, a lot of it, it takes a lot out of you. So it's, it's, it's important to have a really, really, really good solid sleep schedule for a number of different reasons, not just to wake up and have a good day at work, but to better yourself and make yourself more healthy. Because if you're not getting enough sleep, man, it's, you would be shocked. It is night and day shocking how much different my, my mood is and my mental state is when I have a good solid diet a good night of sleep as opposed to if I stayed up all night watching TV and then just didn't get any food in before. Cause I've had times where I've actually woken up at like noon or one and I have not been hungry and I go through my entire shift without eating. So like I've gone days where I've eaten maybe like a hundred calories. Yeah. And that's terrible. That's terrible. I've had those days too. Those days that I mentioned where I usually get up at 3 a.m. Yeah. I try to eat, I try my best to eat like a bagel or something. My body's still in that sleep mode, so it's still like fasting, so it doesn't want to eat any food. So I basically yeah. have to wolf down food. And then I can only fit like a bagel or something small in my diet. And then I'm working like 12 to 14 hours shooting 24 7, running around. I do not have time to eat. And I don't even want to have time to eat because the time, the free time that I have, I have to spend preparing for the next thing, the next thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely attest to that. The Those days are horrible, man. I'll, I'll go days where I eat probably less than a thousand calories. Yeah. Even with COVID and everything too, high school was uh, kind of easy. I guess you and I are getting welcomed into, into what the adult life is like more so now. And it's it's getting harder. It's getting harder, that's for sure. You have to be more on top of your shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I also feel like when you're on top of it, though, like I'll have some days or some weeks where I'm just like, I'm going, I'm working real hard, you know, I'm talking to clients, I'm meeting new people, you know, I'm doing my work, and it feels so good. Like I, I you feel productive. Yeah, yeah. I, I am extremely productive that week. I, I feel awesome at the end of it. I'm tired. I'm super tired and I'm super exhausted, but I feel really accomplished and really good. Yeah. And then that's when you have time to do what you want. You know, you have to, that's, and that's the other thing. Well, I say have a good sleep schedule. You have to balance your life as well. It's very important to hustle hard because if you want to party hard, you got to work hard first, but it's also important to, to know when to take a step back and also make sure to enjoy your life too. You know, you're getting up at 3am multiple days in the week get some extra sleep on some of those days or hang out with the bros, whatever, do something. It's just, it helps keep you in a good mental check as well to kind of make sure you have a lot of outlets away from the office as well. Just so you're not, your life isn't just work. Cause then, you know, you're going to hate your life if mm -hmm. you, if it's just, if that's all you do. Yeah. Well, I, unless if your your job is something that you're passionate about. Yeah, for sure. If it's something you're passionate about, but being 20 years old, I'm not going to be passionate about any job I'm working right now. <laughs> yeah, you are you're absolutely right in that. Yeah, there are there are definitely days where even you will hit me up and ask me to hang out on certain days and I'll I'll have to decline and I hate it, dude. I hate declining cuz I want to hang out you, with my friends. Yeah, you, you have and sometimes unfortunately in the adult life, you got, you got no choice but to sacrifice it, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have to prioritize. I have to because I will feel like crap in the morning. Not only will I feel like crap in the morning, I'm not super concerned with that, with feeling like crap. I can get through that. But especially in my job, you need to be energized. So you need to make sure that your brain is functioning right so you can get some of the creative and critical thinking going. Like, I can work... I've worked landscaping 
a lot in the past and that's pretty easy to wake up and do to be honest i can do that off of two hours of sleep it's gonna be horrible it's gonna be so bad but i can do it because with la with uh landscaping it's labor intensive but it's not you're you're not using any crazy cognitive functions to do that job you can kind of just shut off your brain and then just do the hard work whereas with my job I have to be thinking and solving these these problems through the lens of a camera 24-7, constantly coming up with the next creative idea that's going to blow the socks off of the next client. And I, I have to be on my A-game the whole time. I can't half-ass any of this stuff, especially owning my own small little side hustle business. If I do something wrong, I can't just point to my employer and say, uh, well, it was his problem, or I don't even have an employer to, to say, hey, you know, next time do this better. It's it's my ass on the line. If I do something bad, I lose that client and I lose that money. I That client will talk to other potential clients. I can't have that. I can't deal with that. So I have to prioritize sleep. I have to prioritize schedule building and healthy eating on some of these days. And sometimes I'm not trying to act like I do this, like I'm on top of it, because oftentimes I do not do that. And a lot of times I screw myself over. And that's that's a huge thing that I've actually been learning a lot this year and a little bit last year, too. But especially this year is a lot of a lot of having to prioritize work over having fun. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Oh, but, it sucks a lot. Yeah, but but I know that the end result, I won't regret it. Yeah, I remember watching this video one time. This dude said, easy decisions now lead to a hard life later. Hard decisions now lead to an easier life later. Oh, yeah. And basically what it is, and I've also seen that, you know, work in your 20s, grow in your 30s, chill in your 40s. You know, there's that too. I've always kind of agreed and disagreed with that. Like, for example, uh, what our buddies... Uh, with his whole electrician business and his power washing, everything. He's got a great, great hustle mentality and works very, very hard. But I personally think that if you hustle too early, like you're going to kind of miss out on your peers. And what I mean by that is all of your peers right now are going to be going to school, then graduating, then working all the way until they're 50, 60 years old. So if your plan is to hustle and then chill in your forties, well, while everybody else your age is working, you're going to be just kind of stuck doing nothing. So, I mean, I, I do agree with hustling early on, but I think you should kind of spread it out a little bit. And I wouldn't hustle, but don't hustle too, 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 too much when you're our age. Just because, you know, I mean, obvious reasons of just being a kid. Balance. Yes, exactly. It's all about balance, Everything, baby. Everything in moderation. Yes, absolutely, dude. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking to. And I... I've actually considered having him on the podcast. We can name drop him. Lewis Olson. Okay, yeah. Really so good guy. Yeah. Super good guy. Uh, and very, very hard worker. Yeah, definitely. But that's all he does is work. Yeah, he says he says he is working from 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day. So he goes to bed, hits his pillow, then he's up at 3 o'clock again. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've had those days. But they suck. that's not. Yeah, they suck. And usually the day after that. I am getting some good recovery. I'm hanging out with friends. I'm relaxing the next day if I can. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm basically recovering from that day because you, I can't do that so much. I'm going to burn myself out. I'm going to hate life. I won't enjoy it if I do that. The job that I have now, I'm very passionate about. And I, I, I love it very much. But if I work that hard at it, I guarantee you I will hate it. I guarantee yeah. you it will burn me out. Well, because at the end of the day, no matter how much you like it, it is still work. And, you know, with our brains, humans, we're, we're all lazy. Not actually, but you know what I mean. Uh, we, we like, with all this new technology, we like everything, being able to do everything for us. So hustling does get a little bit more difficult. But I think what you're doing is actually really good because you're paving, you're refusing to kind of follow the traditional education system and you're carving your own path to your own success road. And that's something that not enough of people, especially our age do like guys like you and Lewis and all those guys who are running their businesses at this young of an age. There's not a whole lot of guys your age that would do that. So, and that's what people want. They want the young guys who are willing to work and sacrifice time to put in hours and to make that bread, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I've done bitch jobs before, and by bitch jobs, and we I all mean, have. Like, and we all. Have. I think I think you have to, personally, yes. in life, you have to. Especially when you're a high schooler, it humbles you the fuck out. Because mm -hmm. you, yes. you think that you're in high school, you're a captain of a team, or you think that you're Mr. Smart Guy. You get there, everybody's older than you and more superior. They know what to. And a work environment's way different than school environment. You know, mm -hmm. works way more. You know, you got to get this shit done. I worked at PDQ for a few months, probably maybe six to eight months. I don't really remember how long, but that job was what I would consider bitch work. That job sucked. I was the bottom of the, I was totem pole. Yeah. yeah I was at the bottom of the totem pole. Nobody cared about me. I got paid little to nothing. I got treated like crap the whole time, but you know, every single day, every single waking second that I was at that job, I just kept thinking, one of these days, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something great. You know, I'm going to get out of this stupid, crappy job and I'm going to get a good job and I'm going to make good money and I'm going to hustle really hard. And I got that. I got part of that mentality. I mean, I've always kind of had it. Yeah. yeah. You know, not not to toot my own horn, but yeah. I, I've always wanted I've always kind of known what I wanted to do in life. I've always wanted to be somewhat of an entrepreneur, uh, but that job really, really made me understand how much I didn't want to work like a regular nine to five and be somebody else's employee. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not like super opposed to being somebody else's employee. I'm not going to try and be like dramatic about it. Like a nine to five job is what most Americans work. And it's, it's honestly, it's not as, it's not as bad as you would as people make it out to no, be. it's not, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, either. but it, yeah, exactly. It's not for everybody, and there are a lot of jobs that will take advantage of you, and that's something that I really don't want to do. But yeah, just for me, man, I just I can't see myself doing it. And the the job at PDQ really really kicked it into gear for me. It really made me realize what I wanted to do in life was not work this. at a job like that. Because yeah, I, I I saw a lot of people at PDQ were they were like 25 sometimes even 30 years old and still working there and i would look at them and they would they are still to this day my inspiration like i do not want to be those people oh yeah working at a car wash washing cars every single day when i'm 30 years old no absolutely not 
I will not let that happen. Yeah. And that's what my parents have always raised me. They're like, yeah, you may not like this job very much, but it'll help you work harder in school. So you don't have to do something like that forever. Yeah. Yeah. If you get like, if you get your dream job right away, you're not going to be able to appreciate it right away. Yeah, exactly. You have to, it, it has to be difficult. It has to be, there's a lot of little potholes that you got to sprint over. There's a lot of bumps in the road. There ain't no such thing as a smooth mountain, especially when it's finding a career path because it's long, it's very tedious, it's difficult, but when you make it, you feel good. What have you been, what have you been thinking about for a career path? So I'm majoring in psychology, minoring in criminal justice, some sort of forensic psychologist, uh, basically interviewing kind of interrogation, figuring out how criminals think detective work that stuff is very interesting to me that's yeah that's what you find super interesting very talking to criminals very just because you you see how everybody else views the world every single day and everybody else around us is normal but like seeing how some people just like with with their brain chemistry and how they think they physically can't feel that certain way they can't feel empathy they physically can't they can't feel empathy for other people i can i can see the appeal Oh yeah, That's, it's super interesting. Uh, I, I I've watched serial killer documentaries and stuff, and they, where they go very interesting. Yeah, they go into the mind of the serial killer. They they kind of showcase what they were thinking about, how they were feeling, you know. And, and this is very very eye opening. We all live in our own heads, and so it's hard to take other people's perspectives oh, yeah. of the world when we're constantly just thinking about ourselves. So I, I bring this up a lot, I feel like, on this podcast, but the reason why I started this podcast, so I could pick people's brains and see different perspectives on the world, you know, learn a little bit. I, I've, I've already, and I've, this is only episode, what, seven? I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. I think it's episode seven already, and I've already learned, I already feel like I've learned so much from, from not only just you, but like everybody that I've had on the podcast so far, I've right. learned a yeah. lot from. Yeah, absolutely. And you can learn a lot from a bunch of other people. And just by taking the time to listen to their input, it's crazy. And that's something that not enough people are willing to do is have conversations. Now I sound like a grandfather, but Holy shit, that's fucking true. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, not, yeah, not you, nobody, right. nobody wants to have conversations anymore. Even if I wanted to like FaceTime somebody, or if I wanted to talk to them in person, it was all nah. I just want to text. It's like no, I don't want to fucking text. I don't like texting. I do if I have to because we all have to. But if I had to choose between texting somebody or calling somebody, I would call in an instant. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call them. I hate calling people. I, I like. I, I like talking in. I like face to face as an option, but most people don't even do that anymore. So part of my job, and I, I feel like I'm gloating about my job a lot in this podcast. No, but don't worry. Yeah. Part of my job especially recently now that it's summertime is cold calling uh businesses because obviously no businesses no businesses are going to come to me because i'm not very well known around here so i have to go to them i have not technically cold called a business at all i every single business that i have gotten and i've i've gotten a few in the last few weeks i have walked in there and I have found the owner, shook his hand, and had a face-to-face conversation with him. No calling them, no texting the building or anything. I would much rather walk into your establishment and talk to you face-to-face than call you or text you or email you. I just, it's, it's Another much... Another thing we have in common. It's a much more personal feel. Like, who whose services... So, 
again, I'm in, I'm in, I make pretty much make videos for small businesses. Who, whose video company would you use? All right. If a, a video company that sent you an email, that sounds like a robot. They clearly mass sent that out to like every single business or somebody that actually walks into your store, talks to you face to face and tells you exactly what his services are, what he can do for you. It basically presents himself uh, at face value right there. And then me personally, I would go with the second option and that's why I do it that way. Oh, absolutely. And even with the, the, the one thing, well, one of the several things, I guess that I'm grateful for that my dad did for me was teaching me how to properly shake someone's hand. Mm. And that's the compliment I always get from everybody. They're like, you got a really good firm handshake because when you are going and entering a job interview, that's why I love interviews too, like job interviews and everything. Cause just being able to kind of show people what you're made of and what your personality type is, you're making an impression. And I think first impressions are one of the most important things in life are first impressions. I would agree. First impressions are so important, especially if it's kind of like a, you know, if somebody sees how you work or sees how you act around your friends and family, you don't have to know the person overly well, but if you get a really, really good or really, really bad first impression, us, us as humans, people hate people judging, but that's what we do naturally in our brains every time is we, we judge and people are always assessing and always evaluating. So it's important to always show up with your A game. Oh yeah. I, I definitely agree. My, that's also something that my dad taught me when I was younger, have a firm handshake, that first impression that that'll help you out in the long run a lot. That, that first impression on people, like you said, people judge each other. Uh, whether you want to admit it or not, you judge. Yeah, you judge. your brain is automatically judging people. That's something that I find so annoying when people are like, "Don't judge me," or "I hate that everybody's so everybody judges people nowadays." That's what humans do? Yeah, you you your brain is wired to judge people. So when I'm talking to somebody who has n I've never talked to ever for the first time, I want to make that good first impression. And there are certain fundamentals that are essential to to making that. Um, connection and give and not demanding respect, but, but being assertive and know, knowing that I'll give it to you if you give it to me. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you, you don't ever demand respect. You, you earn it. You earn it from those people. If you demand respect, you're not going to get it. At least in my book, definitely not. Yeah. I think it depends on who you are and what your position is. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I, I think you have to know your place. Like if you're a, you know, if you're a young kid in high school, then no, but if you're yeah, like no. a, if you're like a CEO of a company, then, you know, okay, you, you might have a little bit different of a character mindset because you kind of can get away with it because you're a CEO. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, it all comes down to knowing your place and knowing, you know, what to say, when to say it, what not to say and how to act and how to be a, be an actual human being given your designated role. Let's talk about respect for a little bit, because I, this is this is something that I have a strong opinion on. And you you briefly mentioned that like if if um should a high schooler earn respect? More than likely, no. It, this is my issue with like all this respect stuff is I hear it a lot. I hear it a lot, especially through younger people when they're talking about like man. This guy disrespected me. I'm going to have to beat his ass now, man. You can't go around and be disrespecting people like that, you know? And I always question those people that talk like that. And I, I always want to ask them, like, what makes you think that you deserve respect? 
You know, what what makes you think that you're worthy enough that everybody should instantly respect you? You're just another dumbass high schooler. First of all, why are you so insecure about yourself to the point where you want to fight somebody that was insulting you? Like, if that person is insulting you, just like what you're saying, smile and wave. Who cares? They're also a dumbass high schooler. It doesn't matter. If you take that high road, you win. You win 100% of the time if you take that high road. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, well, I think it's people walking around with too much of a sense of pride, narcissism a little bit too, and just being way too self-centered and thinking you're better than you actually are. And I'd say junior and senior year of high school is when it's the worst. When you're an upperclassman in high school, you're because freshman and sophomore year, people say you've heard the term immature freshman, something that uh, the health teacher said that he was actually right. He said the most people, the most immature high schoolers are juniors and seniors by far. And it doesn't even compare because your freshman and your sophomore year, you're still you're like, trying to feel it out. Still. Yeah, you're still so you're really innocent. You you stay away. You you do what you're told and you work hard. Then your junior and senior year, you're like you're like all right, I got this shit down. Let's mm-hmm. just get out of here. I feel like freshman and sophomore year, you're trying to find yourself and find your place. And then junior and senior year, you think you already found yourself and you think that there's nothing left to find of yourself. So that's what drives you to think, well, this is the end game. I'm the best I'm ever going to be. So I'm the greatest right now. And that's how you get people who live in their glory days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Talking about talking about the past all the time. Oh my God. Yeah. You should not, if you five to 10 years out of high school are still talking about the best times being in high school, there is an issue. It's time that you do. You don't have to really change yourself, but you got to take a look in the mirror and think of some other stuff to be proud about, you know, enough with the past. You're the shit right now. You know, don't, don't worry about what happens in the past because that's something me. And I think it got genetically passed down to me from my grandparents and my parents, because my dad's side, we are a lot of dwellers and on the past. And that's something you can't risk doing is living in the past. And I'm sorry, but the past is dead. Especially at our age too. I I mean, you and I, I think me much more personally, but you and I definitely had our fair share of dumb, dumb moments in high school. Just moments that like, oh my God, I wish I could just erase out of my memory. I wish I could just completely forget like that ever happened. I'll, I'll sit up at night and I agree with you. I I am a little bit of a dweller too. Oh, Um, you are too? Yeah. I'm also a little bit of a dweller and I, I... Oftentimes, sometimes some of the worst things that I've done in high school, I will actually sit up at night and think about and like just cringe. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. I will cringe. But I, I have to, in order to like get myself to go back to sleep again and kind of shove that out of my brain, because I'll be thinking about it like a lot. I have to I have to remind myself like that was in the past. I'm not that person anymore. And I, I still have a lot of growth to be to do. As do as we all do. Yeah, yeah, we all still have a lot of a lot of things that we need to learn. A lot of growth has to be done here. But we have changed so much since high, since high school, like an insane amount. And I'm not who I was in high school, and I gotta come to terms with that. Yeah, and none of us are. And in some cases, it's a good thing. Some things, you know, I kind of miss about myself. Some things I do. Some things, I, a lot of things, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't miss pre-puberty me. I actually like having a, a lower voice, actually being able to fit inside of a shirt and not being four feet tall. 
but that's besides the point that even goes back to why I think high school teachers are a special breed because you have to deal with so many of those jackasses because high schoolers, man, college, nobody even gives a shit. You see all this stuff in movies about how college kids are jackasses. Nobody cares. You're all adults. It, nothing really even happens unless you walk into some unlucky situation. Yeah. It's also, I think it's as a, as a college student, you're more independent. So yeah. the, the consequences are more on yourself now. So people really don't care as much. Like if you, if you get like a ticket or like go to jail and it's you're in you. high school, if you're in high school, oh, your parents, yeah. you know, your parents, your support system, it's going to damage that. It's going to hurt it a lot. I personally have experience with that and it hurts a lot. Yeah. Very. But if you're in college, you're an independent person. You go to jail, you get a DUI, you, you mess up something in your life. That's on you, dude. And Nobody well, cares. In high school, it's college. It's, it just get it's all bars and parties and going to school, hooking up with women, finding relationships, whatever. It's all, it's all fun and games. But in high school, you know, you're fighting for your, uh, you're fighting for your position essentially which sucks and so stupid when i was younger i'm sure you had these moments too where your parents tried giving you advice and you you knew that they had their own struggles growing up but you didn't think they knew exactly how you felt so you were like no nobody understands me i'm right then i graduate high school and i'm like dude my parents were fucking right you know i was i was wrong the entire time they they knew exactly what i was going through even though the situation wasn't exactly the same so that is my biggest piece of advice also for anybody who watches this is if you still live it with your parents and they have a piece of advice for you i'm telling you dude listen to it because while it may not be the same situation they literally have experienced all the things that we have because the thing that trumps anything with regards to wisdom in life is experience and they are more than double our age so i mean how can you how can you possibly think that you you can outsmart them or no more than them i totally agree with that statement that that is exactly what high school is you i i'm gonna butcher this quote but i've heard it before and it goes something like when you're a teenager you think you're a rebel but when you mature you realize you were just selfish yes you think that like you're rebelling against your parents and, and like you said you think like nobody understands the struggle that you're going through or anything but then you get out of high school and then if you actually sit down and talk to your parents or talk to any adults about their high school experience it's exactly the same yeah it's exactly the same a couple of minor details like oh we didn't have vapes back then we didn't have phones oh, back yeah, then we yeah. didn't have this but the the message and life experience it's all the same mm -hmm. it's all the same oh yeah yeah it's it's crazy how 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 much your parents or your role models past experiences rhymes with yours yes exactly His, that, that i think goes back to the whole you know on a smaller scale history repeats itself man mm -hmm. it it's a continuous cycle and that's something, again, that we need to give credit to the parents and the mentors. They know what they're talking about. And I wish that more people knew that and understood it, but they don't. But in due time, they will. They will. It just it takes some people, I think, a little longer than usual to kind of fully grasp that, hey, you know, your parents are here for you. You may disagree with them, but they love you. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and family is a bond that can't be broken. Yeah, we're, most parents. There's some pretty bad parents out there. But for, for the sake of this conversation, we're talking about 
the average American yeah exactly yeah yeah, have yeah their best interest in yeah them absolutely you, and so. and and also let's not forget this the fact that we're 20 so uh yeah we kind of don't have our shit together our parents do <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're li- they've been living on their own for how many years now they've experienced how much in the time they've been on this earth they know what they're doing and mm. they're i'm sorry to all the people out there that think they're intelligent but your parents are smarter than you <laughs> by like a lot <laughs>